This episode is sponsored by Better Help. What is the first thing that you would do if you had an extra hour in your life? Oh, the first thing I just thought was, oh, I'm going to need more than an hour to fit that stuff in. But I, the fact is, a lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. I know that is for me. That's a big thing, uh, especially as you get older. <laughs> um, and the question, you know, time for what? What would you do? Would it actually make you feel better? What is it that you feel you're missing? In order, you know, that that would make it better. Um, and and one of the ways to sort of help figure out that out is, is therapy. It can help you find out what matters most to you so you can do more of it or focus on what it is that you're spending your time on that that maybe isn't giving you that that sort of fulfilling experience. Um, and it's interesting because a lot of times people talk about therapy or they talk about mental health or they, it's about uh, trauma or it is about, you know, like like a, a great amount of pain or anything. And those things are all very valid and everything. But also, you know, in some ways there's stumbling blocks. Uh, there is sort of a, a, something indefinable that you're having a hard time getting to that maybe is stopping you from feeling as confident as you can, as good as you can. And, you know, therapy uh, is, is one way to go after that. If you are thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, is designed to, be, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire, you'll get matched with a licensed therapist. You may switch therapists at any time you like for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This is iFanboy Pick of the Week 739. Brought to you by Mac Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com slash iFanboy for 20% off your first order. And iFanboy listeners just like you who are washing their hands and wearing their masks. Fanboy Pick of the Week, episode 739. I am Connor Kilpatrick. This is Josh Flanagan. That's me. We are iFanboy, and every week we read a bunch of comics. One of us picks the best one they read, call it the Pick of the Week. Also talk about that bo- other books of the week, the patron pick, listener mail. Hopefully we have time, and uh, we have a good time. Especially reading comics, we had a good, we have a good yeah. time. It was, it was a good week of comics. Yeah, it was. Many choices for Pick of the Week, I, I would think. And here's your spoiler warning. It's a review show. Spoilers ahead. Exercise some caution. Josh, you had the pick. I did have the pick. Um, like you said, it was tough to pick, but not for the bad reason, which is which is a right. nice change. Um, the pick is Deceased Dead Planet, <laughs> Deceased Dead Planet number one. And I'll tell you right now, I did not want to pick this. There's a whole segment of the audience going, ugh. I know, but like, you have to pick the one that has the Including- most strong points somebody in my house yeah mm-hmm. and and uh you know when i was looking at it there's we're going to talk about all the other ones that that sort of had a shot but mm-hmm. when i added it up uh in terms of expectations fulfilled uh yeah. art character moments delivering 
what we had come to expect, and then more, and then finally, plot twists and surprises. It was really hard for me to think of something that I had I had sort of liked or was better than than Dead Planet number one. Yeah, I mean the thing is we really like these books, and I get yeah. if you don't, you're probably annoyed. But that's not, I mean it's just the way it is. But um, you know, the first miniseries ended, and we and we and we heard that it was successful, and they were going to expand. And we were like, ugh. Mm-hmm. But because usually what that means is they're going to drive a concept to the ground, and it doesn't mean they won't do it eventually. But right now, they've almost everything they've done has worked. They've, the miniseries have worked. The digital only series has worked, and now you've got this. This is the official sequel, the seven issue miniseries, and um, it's working. This was really good. It's, this was the last book I read, which means it was the most anticipated. Yeah. And uh, my favorite part about it was the time jump. You know, we get we mm-hmm. jump forward. Was it five years? I'm not even sure. I just yeah, five years later. That's yeah. what it says on on page seven. And uh, I love that we get to, we we jump ahead. So we don't have to see them building building out the society, or at least you know whatever their society is. We we just jump right into them surviving on this new Earth as best they can, fighting off an alien invasion of that new Earth. Because why why should the new Earth be any different than the old one? And then something happens that brings them back home. I I thought this was this was terrific, and the Trevor Harrison art. Like in the first miniseries was stellar. Yeah, that I mean that had a lot to do. Is like the original team came back, so it was the same thing as before. We've had a little break from, and you know, it, it all works. You know, the idea of of the thing in the you know where they went, how things ended up, the fact that Sean Constantine is still sitting there by himself uh, <laughs> at the beginning. You know, it, it there was a lot there. You know, some really fun concepts. You know, the the cyborg head. You know, like it's, yeah. it, which is sort of like creepy and, and also really funny. And um, you have uh, John and, and Damien, you know, taking up the mantle of, of they've grown a bit. It's five years. So yeah. And that helps, too, because in you know, their 20s. Yep. You know, Batman can look like Batman and not like a little kid, uh, you know, and, and even there. The way that, that the Superman and Batman uh, uh you know, interact with each other where Batman sort of just crushes through and Superman's like, whoa, 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 let's be cool. You know, but they both have, it's almost like they both have a little more humanity than it, it's well, also both been friends since they were kids. It's yeah. Both, you know, so there's, there's a bond there and they, you know, they needle each other. They bust each other's balls. And, but also this is a way that this story is a way that you can have your cake and eat it too, in, in a way, you know, like, like it is fun to think, you know, this, this is ultimate Spider-Man is how it is because you know, you start over, with a, a clean slate, and here you get that, but it isn't, you know, it isn't permanent. You get to live in this for a little while, but in this story, it's fun to see what are the next, you know, people going. Then we, we move a little, first of all, in the end of that, there's a scene with uh, Lois, and, uh, and he's like, I'm not really comfortable with being called Superman. And she's like, then stop earning it. And I was like, oh, that's good. Oh, that's real good. That's real President Lane, like President Roslin. Then yeah. right away, so it, so far, like just flipping through the book, every scene in this was quality, you know. And then you have Ollie and and Dinah, uh, you know, having a really great scene together, where he's sort of got to accept the fact that she's much more powerful than him. He's you know getting older, and he doesn't want to go back, and he's scared, and then he does it anyway, and he gets a magic sword. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so Cyborg is back on Earth. They, he was one of the people that stayed behind, and his. Severed head has been laying there for five years as you know the moss grows around it, and um, he's been sending a signal with the last bit of his power out into into the universe, a uh, Morse code message to tell them to come home. 
we find out why at the very end, but the Justice League gets that message and decide they've got it. Even though they've got a new life, they're sa- relatively safe. Um, they're going to go back to see, to, you know, to, to rescue their friend. Yeah, like it's a, it's just a classic no man left behind war story kind of thing. And that's when everything goes wrong. And um, I mean, so we said spoiler warning, and I don't because yeah, you know, this is a book where a lot of people die, but. So the first death, I wasn't surprised by. It's pretty, it's pretty heavily telegraphed. You know what? I was, but not, like, shouldn't have been. But I, I was so into the moment that, like, when it all goes wrong, I, I was like, no! Because I was so into it, and I really wanted them to succeed. Like, I lost all of my critical faculties in that way. Sure. Like, I just was in the story. Well, just in, that, in, that, in the scene earlier in the book when they're talking, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, one of them's going to die. Yeah. You know, one, I didn't know who's going to be, but I knew one of them was going to die. Well, after it it's happened, just one of those classic like we have to do this thing, you yeah. know, even though we're safe here. It's like, oh well, one of them's dying. It just and it still, as soon as it happened, I went, oh yeah, like n- there's there's stakes. But because I cared about the characters, because I mm-hmm. really didn't want those things to happen, I forgot that they might happen. Um, and and then there's other things that that come up. Uh, but but the brilliant thing about that is it's not, it's the it's the Star Trek. Uh, three thing is where you know the big death happens but that's just the the swerve to make the second big death even or not death or whatever that means at the end yeah uh more shocking because uh you know the big thing about earth that we've seen through all these miniseries is that wonder woman is still there and she's still infected Mm -hmm. superman has been infected but he's off he threw he flew himself into the sun and he's in there sort of consuming the sun yeah which was weird and creepy, but Wonder Woman is still the big threat uh, on Earth, and yeah. so she shows up, and that's when it, that's when things go terribly wrong for everyone. And, yeah, and it uh, also led led to the idea that like there's some sort of like she's strategizing in some way, right? Even though she's a zombie, and then you do have that looming threat of whatever the Superman eating the sun means. <laughs> like, I mean, they're like, we're not even going to worry about that, even though that seems like a much bigger problem. It's too big for all of yeah. us to worry about. But, but it was great. You know, structurally, everything comes together. The sword comes together. The conversation between Dinah and Ollie comes together. The conversation between Lois and Jonathan comes together. Everything meets at the end. C- crypto. I mean, like, there were all of That was a moment. great moment. Yeah. That was a really great moment. It's just... It, yeah, and and so I think all of those really nice moments really threw me off my guard, and that's what's that's that's just quality structure, you know. It's real good. Yeah, and I know, I know, I know what everyone's thinking and saying, but it's really good. It was. It was. There's really a reason good. why it's really popular. I just I I was like, let's do a Green Lantern Black Canary book right yeah. now. You know, there have been really great ones in the past, you know, and, and Tom Taylor seems to have a real handle on those characters, and I'm I'm down for it. I mean, they've they basically done it, but, like, you know, they've done a really good job of exploring the different corners of yeah. this world. And if they ever wanted to sort of make this into a new DC universe, mm-hmm. that'd be, you know, then but Tom Taylor can't write all of it, I guess. No. But. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that really is the key, I think, that... You know, he's reminding you that you love them, but then you... I think what it is is the reason that I don't sort of see it coming is that it feels like a regular comic book. And in a real comic book, there aren't actually any stakes. And then you forget, like, this book's like, oh, no, there are stakes. Which I think was the same thing that worked about, you know, like Marvel Zombies or something like that. Which is the same thing, basically. But 
And it feels even more impactful now because it's not just like one miniseries where you can be like, okay, well, that was a, an Elseworlds miniseries. Yeah. This is becoming like a whole universe. You know, yeah. we've had two other miniseries and an, or specials, and we've had, you know, other books, and now we've got a sequel. So even though they've, they're starting to tell this tapestry, this longer form storytelling. And, and also, it feels like the jumping off point was exactly where DC Comics was at the time. It wasn't an alternate version. You know what I mean? Like, we didn't come back, and sometimes when these kind of stories start, you know you're not in the regular DC universe. But if if you were to read this book from the beginning, the the first issue of the last miniseries, and they they said this is canon, you'd be like, oh, yeah, these are... Well, maybe, yes and no. Oh, yeah, yeah, I guess there's a little difference. One of the things we talked about was that he sort of took from all the different... Okay, well, then let me put it this way. It was the way that I imagine it, and so when it happens, it feels natural. It'd be a better one. Uh, These versions of these characters... Are, are like the best ones. And we've we've yeah. said that since the beginning. That was the, that was the that's always been the hook for this for you and I. I think. I totally forgot that Alfred was still alive. Yeah, for some he's because he's dead everywhere else. So when he was there, I was like, <laughs> oh, Alfred's there. Um, <laughs> You're right. I thought I thought Damien was talking to like a computer or something, but nope, that's Alfred. Yeah, uh, I, this was great. I it, probably my pick. I didn't even think about what my pick would be because there was just so many things I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. But if I probably got into my head, I would have. You know, I often. We often say, and I, it's true. I often don't think about the larger ramifications of the pick. Like, is have I picked this book a lot? Is it, you know, is it four Marvel books in a row? I don't think about what's happened in the past. But no. I, we've picked deceased enough. There's a lot of people that love deceased. There's a lot of people that, for whatever reason, don't, and they get annoyed. But like, I probably, I probably would have picked it. I, I didn't have another choice. I, like, yeah. if anything else, I would have put in there would have been less, and and not by a lot. But it just, it just, it would have been dishonest. And then I'm rigging it, and I don't want to do that. Just be glad you don't have to write a thousand words on why. Yep. Yep. That's, yeah, that's true. Um, Could have done it. Just, just got to sure. get those muscles back going again, and I think it'd be just fine. Um, uh, another, another contender. This is the first thing I read, and I, I had completely forgotten about what had happened in the first issue when I started. It was Strange Academy number two, um, written by Scotty Young, with art by Humberto Ramos, uh, colors by Edgar Delgado, and uh, uh, letters by Clayton Cowles. Uh, and... I gotta say, it has been really fun watching Scotty Young become a really competent writer, um, yep. and a really fun writer. And you know, he's a he's a guy I know. And I remember when the sort of writing thing first started. Like this stuff was pretty good and fun, but you know, it, but it, he's gotten really good at it, and it's it's really fun to watch that. Now, part of the reason is that this book, Strange Academy, is should be hacky bullshit. It is it is a ripoff of Harry Potter and X Men yep. Academy. Um, yep. it, there's not really a new concept there, but it's fun. If it has any drawback, it's that there are a, there are a bunch of characters, and it can be a little hard, especially since it's been so long since the first issue came out, yep. to sort of know who everybody is and what there is. But it's still handled pretty well. You know, this is a day in the life of you know the first day of classes or whatever, and it's you know. It was really fun to read. And then at the same time, you have um, Humberto Ramos, who's always a really fun artist, but, yeah. man, I think he was shining on this one. I think there was some really great sequences. You know, it was, a, it, was a, it was a good kind of book for his strengths to shine. Um, well, he does giant, like, creatures exceptionally well. Yeah. And, you know, magic and, you know, demons. And so that, I mean, he does, I love his character work, but he's also extremely good at that kind of world, so... It's he's almost like the perfect artist for this book. But you know, at the same time that that's happening, you, you know, he's they're all 
characters. It's not just yeah. like here's a big monster. They've got you know they've got postures and facial expressions and you know real storytelling. It's it's He's a cartoonist. Yeah, totally. But it, and if you look, a lot of this book really is just people quote unquote talking. Yeah. Like there's not there's not action on every page. There's not a bunch of stuff, and it's it's beautiful. And I think the colors lend themselves to that uh, in a way. Like this book and this setting is a, is a really cool way to sort of let loose um, while still living with grounded characters. So it's not just look at these amazing visuals and concepts. It's you know people who you who you've starting to care about. I'm glad I read it. I almost didn't because mm-hmm. it had been so long. I think the first issue was pre. It was pre comics not coming out, so I think it's been like yeah. three months. And then I thought, well, maybe I'll read the first one again, but I just didn't have time. I had so I had a lot of books, and I just had other things. I didn't have time to do it, so I said, well, I'll just I'll just read it, and it's, hopefully it works. And it worked because I didn't remember the characters. I didn't remember the characters exactly. Mm-hmm. And we were looking at four, eight, uh, eleven characters on the you know the the character sheet in the beginning, and I don't know who any of them are. Mm-hmm. You know, Emily, Doyle, Zoe, Herman. Like, I don't know who these people are. But um, by the end, I still didn't necessarily know who the characters were specifically, but, I, you know, it, it didn't necessarily matter. This is basically the first day at the Academy. If I yeah. recall correctly, the first issue was them getting invited to the Academy, yeah. sort of the introduction, and this is a magic academy for the Marvel Universe. So it's like a school for young magicians or young magic adept people that's run by Dr. Str- no, he's not he's run it, but it's like... Uh, Doctor Voodoo and magic, and you know, so it's basically as Josh said, the X Men or Harry Potter for the magic set. Yeah, and uh, and so they, this issue is the first day of class. So it's really a series of vignettes as these characters go through their different classes and <clears throat> meet their instructors and have adventures in class with you know spell books and things. And it's very Harry Potter. But so I didn't. It was fine. Like in terms of, I, I know enough about who these people are. I remember there's one girl who's sort of new to the whole world, so she's. Yeah. She's sort of the, the, the Harry Potter, the, the Harry Potter character. And so it didn't necessarily matter. That I didn't know exactly who all the students were, just to know that they were students at this academy, and you know they're they're figuring it out. And it was really fun, and the art was gorgeous. Check out um, on the digital uh, page, page thirteen. All right, hold on. Um, it's a shot yep. at the beginning, and and um, magic is in the foreground, and whatever it's her face, and the background is. Uh, Damien Hellstrom, Damien. and he's yeah. making a facial expression and is shadowed in such a way, like that is a beautiful drawing. And then as you come down, uh, you see the girl whose name I don't know turn and look at some shit happening outside, and she's lit in front, so you can tell her. And everybody else is looking forward, except a couple of people in the background. The, like each panel is jam packed. Then the next pa- the next panel is three panel page, is the giant girl who's great, mm-hmm. who's a great design. You know, yeah. we're looking at her from above at sort of a Dutch angle. Um, she's ripping a branch off a tree. You've got two mindless ones just hanging out and watching. One of them <laughs> sitting on the ground. Like, that's one of the fun things about the book is in the background, there's a mindless one every, you know, sort of just hanging out in the background in a bunch. And, like, uh, you know, and the scale of that shot. And then you can kind of look in the windows and you see people are standing there looking at it. This, like, there, this is, like, the least half-assed art I've seen in a long time. It's it's full. It's and really full. Look at the crowd great. shots in the lunch hall yeah. and and in the the not the swamp thing, the man thing. You know, like his yeah. his plant room. Like it is, it's crazy. The, the uh, Ramos must have just been exhausted at the end of this. 
<laughs> we had three months to draw it. Sure. Well, uh, no, no, this, this, this is the level of detail he puts in. I mean, yeah. And he he colors it. No, Edgar Delgado colors it. Edgar yeah. Delgado's coloring is great. It's it's really it's a mix of it almost. There's like the, the page we're talking about. It almost looks like it's. I mean, it's not, but it almost looks like it's colored pencil at times. It's just there's a, there's a level of um, yeah, I see that texture to it that is obviously done digitally. But it, it's it's not it's not like Matthew Wilson style, but it's also not like Marvel. Yeah, you know, overly overly colored with the computer style. It it it's in this nice middle ground. And it's, the whole thing has a really nice palette to it. Uh, you know, it, it's a like it wasn't there was nothing about it i think story wise that was like this was amazing it blew me away but like just as a whole quality piece you know and 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 you know you can just kind of tell people are having fun with something when they're making it that's what i get the sense of and i think that that always reads it was incredibly fun i mean i think you know it, on all merits it worked yeah i don't think there's any qualification needed it, it, it's a story of the first day in life of these students and they're as they're trying to figure out their their new crazy school, and it was it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Now, eventually, I'm gonna have to figure out who some of these people are. Well, <laughs> because there's a lot of them. Well, you'll get there. Yeah, it, I mean, you had you've only had two issues, and they were months apart. So that's true. What are you gonna do? Uh, over at DC, we have I, I think this is the end. We finished yes, uh, the Lois Lane uh, twelve issue series by Greg Rucka and Mike Perkins. And um, what 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 do you make of the ending here? Uh, I think I don't. I don't know what Greg Rucka was trying to do with this miniseries. It it it, it was really interesting in the beginning with Lois sort of off on her own, own hiding, writing this expose about some Russian murder and you know people trying to kill her, and sort of dealing with with her husband and not letting him get involved. And then it then it sort of twisted and we added the question in, and then we added some. You know, like skeleton lady, and then there was a nun, and once all that got added to the story, I feel like it fell apart. I don't, I don't know what we were trying to do here. I think, I think that there's kind of good things about a lot of those. Um, I think there's connective tissue that didn't come together. Yeah. Um, in the beginning, we kind of didn't know what she was working on, and then the reveal of what she's working on wasn't. I don't even know. I don't even know what she was. I mean, what she was working on is basically it's, I like a, a phenomenon of of people who have sort of hopped dimensions in worlds and and it's it's messed them up, mm-hmm. and like this is a thing that's going on, you know, in their world, which which makes sense. And in this world, it would be kind of thing where we're just like a journalist would sort of discover it and talk about it. And you'd read it in the Sunday paper, and then you'd move along, and they kind of just accept it. When you when they I never quite knew what was going on with Renee Montoya. Like, I got her relationship with Lois, and I think that that was really good and fun. Everything else she did away from that, I wasn't sure what was going on. She's got the the girlfriend in this, and was that the skeleton lady after they exercised her in the last one? I think so, yeah. I I never quite... and, And also, like, there's this thing that happens, like, like, they're very obvious about the fact that Renee is with this woman and like mm-hmm. they're like we you know hey lover and we kiss and I was like all right you don't you don't need to I was about to say shove it in my face but that's something that somebody would say who's homophobic and that's not what I mean if it was it's a, just been ten, it's been 10 years of her as being like an you know accepted yeah. out character and it's like we don't you know chill out and then also like there was a kiss between them 
and it was like this much too graphic. Like it was like two tongues met each other on the panel, and I was like, "What do you? What is this? Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I don't want that. It doesn't." not because they're women just any characters kissing like that in the middle of a comic book it's it's drew me i was like why are you showing me this angle it's weird um then so there's that and there's all the other characters these other women that came along i don't think were ever defined very well like i started to understand the nun it's just like it was just too much in the pot there was a lot going on i think that was the problem the more the more i got added the more confusing it was there, there was good things i liked yes. when she went back to the planet and you know shockingly all the stuff the planet's great with perry and you know mm. lois and clark and lois can't spell but is she doing it on purpose like that you know that joke and um the stuff with her and clark that we've all we liked throughout the whole series has been good but then everything else is like i don't i don't know or care about the nun i don't really know or care about um any of this stuff well that's you know what's this. what's interesting though is that i kind of liked like the very end, but I was like, Whoa. so it seems like they were trying to get somebody released from, you know, one of the one of the immigration holding pens, yeah. and they were, and I was like, where the hell did this come from? What does this have to do with anything? And I get the message that he's trying to make, but like, does that have to do with the multiverse thing? I didn't know who the woman who they were releasing was. I felt like I was supposed to know, and maybe I did, at one point. Um, you know, everything that's just Lois in a room talking to somebody and, like, working and not paying attention to what's going on is great. Uh, you know, in the planet. I did... Is this Superman out? Is yeah. this... Okay. Well, I don't know. Actually, I actually don't know. Because they're walking down the street and, like, he's just... They must be. And he's just in the bullpen, you know, typing away. And I'm sorry. If you tell everybody you're Superman, I don't think you can sit in that bullpen and type away. Yeah. People would still be bothering you. Constantly. Or they would just be, like... Everyone would be staring at him. I don't care how jaded a news person you are like oh i've known them all along it's gonna take some adjustment and then afterwards they're just walking down the street and i was like holding hands you're the most famous person on earth she's pretty well known you don't make it five feet yeah i mean there's there's a bit of that this weekend and yeah and and, and, just yeah there was a we're we're gonna talk about superman but just as as the first thing like it doesn't work i think the odd thing to me is like okay so uh, this is a rhetorical question when was the last time there was a lois lane series it's been a long time. I, I can't even think of the last time. And so here's your chance. Greg Rucka, clearly who loves the character, wrote her really well. In yeah, other she's a great character in this. Um, this is your chance to tell, tell a Lois Lane miniseries. And it was just seems like an odd plot. Like, you, this is it. This is your find, finally the chance to tell, mm-hmm. like, a full year-long Lois Lane story where she's the star. And, mm-hmm. and it, just, it, just, it was very convoluted I th- and I think strange. there were really good ideas in here. I think it was an issue of execution because I think what he's trying to do was introduce a huge sort of cosmic superhero concept in this multiversal thing and displacement and all that stuff and have her attack it the same way that she would, you know, corporate structure or or an environmental, you know, investigative piece. I just don't Mm -hmm. think it came together. Yeah. Um, I still enjoyed reading it. I enjoyed reading it for the most part, but there was, yeah. a, I think there was a few months where I was just like, I don't know what's happening here mm-hmm. or, or why, but yeah. there was always something in each issue that to, to be like, Ooh, absolutely is terrific. Yeah. Mike Perkins yeah. Is, is, is good though. Sometimes inconsistent. He's, he's yeah. brings a different energy to, to DC. Uh, I'm glad I read adventure man. Number two, Matt fraction, Terry Dodson, Rachel Dodson, Clayton Cowles. We, the first issue was patron pick. 
Uh, here's another 48-page issue. I don't know why. Was they it 40 pages? 40. I, did, yes. I did not notice it this time. <laughs> yes. I don't know why they keep doing this. <laughs> They're not going to be able to keep this pace up. Like, you've got four issues worth of content here, mm-hmm. you know? But um, this was better. Yes. And this was much better. I think it was, it was much more focused. So the first issue was split between the fantasy world and the books of Adventure Man and then the real life uh, where we meet this crazy family and clearly the, the woman who's being positioned as the new Adventure Man. So this issue, we, we get to focus more on her, and uh, I liked that much more. I, I mean, there's some good concepts in here. Yeah, it, I wish that the first issue had been as... 80 pages? No, just it, it, you know, I, a lot of stuff came together in this one where I sort of was like, oh, this is what's going on. I think the structure of the first issue was flawed, uh, and then it wasn't, it just wasn't clear uh, about what was going on, and not in a fun way. Um, this one, I was like, okay, I know where we are. I know sort of what the stakes are. I think the concepts, the idea that you know she is in her head. And then she goes to see, and there's this building there, and she's the only one who can see it. I thought that was really well yeah, I love that. Uh, rendered in comic book form. You know, that can be a tricky thing to store to storytell, but they, they did it. Um, you know, she fights some, some ancient robots and turns out that she's quite handy doing that. Um, you know, her son is, is, is really smart, but she's trying to keep it away from it. Like, there's a lot of good things in it, and I, I thought the, the, the Dodson art has a quality of being... A little overly dramatic and or melodramatic is probably the word I'm looking for, but I think it came together with the tone in this one, um, where we're not so much last time. It's a little pulpy. It's a little over the top. You know. I was gonna call it pulpy, which works because this is a pulp story. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the design of things. I love the, the Art Deco building. It's called an Art Deco building. It's an, it is an Art Deco building, but it's a very classic. You know, old buildings in New York from a certain era all look like this and. and the, the giant statues outside. Yeah. And just you don't make buildings like that anymore. And so that was cool. The design, and then inside, the design was carried through to the interior and even the robots that she ended up fighting as she went into the secret building. It was, it just looked really, really good. And uh, because it's because it's pulpy, I guess you can let it get away with this. But the the girl who I don't know her name, you know the the mom, she's like a she's like a post uh, intellectual nerd nerd's wet fantasy. Yeah. Like she's oh, like, yeah. she's got the glasses. She runs a bookstore. Uh, she's responsible though because she's a single mom. She rides the cool scooter. It's just like like yeah. it's like the the postmodern version of like the the beautiful damsel heroine. <laughs> but she's the uh, platonic ideal in Portland. Yeah, yeah, that's that's probably exactly right. And you know, I'm not I'm not immune to that. I'm like, oh, they're really hitting a lot of notes here. The, Checking a lot of boxes. Yeah, but it's it's just it's this close to being like, all right, get off that nose. You're on it. But it was it was a it was a it was a much more cohesive issue, and I enjoyed yeah. it a heck of a lot more than the last one. Um, and I'm yeah, also glad I, I read it. Me too. Speaking of other things, I'm glad about. Mm-hmm. I'm glad to have Mac Weldon back on as a sponsor this week. Yeah. Um, but not even Welcome. as not as glad as I am that that I have found them and pulled them into my life. That's well, yeah. I'm 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 glad that I've got a package arriving today oh. with new Mac Weldon gear, which we'll talk about in a second. Mine arrived. Yeah, two, I, that's what I'm excited about. Mine arrived two days ago, so don't you worry. I can fill in the blanks. <laughs> Mac Weldon is better than whatever you are wearing right now. It's a premium men's essentials brand that believes in smart design and premium fabrics. And to that, by the way, I said. Honey, I got some underwear coming. And she said, do they make anything for women? I went, no. 
So that meant I didn't have to buy a bunch of other stuff at the same time. And I know that that is horrible, and I recognize it, but it was like, this This one this is, is mine. This is mine. You, and, can't and have I, the, you can't have everything. I know in the world there's a patriarchy, but it does not exist in my house. I was like, no, this is for mine. Every time I buy something, I have to buy one for all of you, but you can't. I got these, and I'm wearing them, and I'm happy. <laughs> is that wrong? I don't know. Uh, Mac Weldon offers industry-leading underwear and much more than that. It's a one-stop shop for all men's basics, uh, like socks, shirts, hoodies, underwear, Vesper polos. I don't know what a Vesper polo is. Do you? Sounds sexy, though. It does. Vesper. It's like a Bond girl in a polo. Yeah. Uh, four-way active shorts. Uh, well, that, that's one of the ones I've got coming. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually... Yeah. I knew that for some reason. Because <laughs> I, I sent you a yeah. picture of my order. That's so where excited. we're at. No, yeah, and no, we're totally at that. Um, you know, the deal is it's about smart design. It's about premium fabrics and about simple shopping. Uh, you know, you, you can work the website. It's, it's not, it's not going to be like, oh, you're not going to have to call your kids to figure mm-hmm. out how to work the website. You'll be good to go. It, it will be. This is this is not might be will be the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, and sweatpants that you will ever wear, and I'm saying that's true. That's the case. Uh, they have silver uh, underwear and shirts that are anti- naturally antimicrobial, which means they don't stink. Uh, you want to be comfortable, so if you don't like your first pair of underwear, you can keep it, and they'll still refund you, no questions asked. But you're you're just cutting yourself off the knees there. I don't I don't mm-hmm. see why you do that. Uh, so. I had a shipment arrive two days mm-hmm. ago. It, by the way, it I mean, I ordered on Sunday. It's it, fast. It was here by Wednesday, um, which I didn't expect to be so quick, especially given all this. Now, that's not a promise. That's not thing, something she's, you know, they said, but that was the deal. Um, so what did I get? I got, I got some extra 18-hour jersey underwear. Those are my standard. I get some of those. Mm-hmm. But I also went and I got some of the AirNet ones, which I've never gotten before. Oh, interesting. Pretty good. They're they're very. I don't. Know, it's been very hot out here on the East Coast. Very humid. They're they're yeah. br- they breathe, and they they so. they noticeably breathe better. I was like, oh, <laughs> this is fantastic right now. I had not been aware that I was lacking this in my life, um, sure. but I was very very happily su- ha- surprised. Uh, and I got a pair of uh, uh, swim trunks. Yes, because I I hadn't had any. And I and yesterday I went and picked the boys up, uh, and and uh, then we we got in our little pool outside uh, at the end of the but day. But you have no swimsuit until now. I they don't fit. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's, let's talk but, about the last three months. What that's done. Well, they don't they don't no fit, but also they weren't. It just wasn't my again. My wife looked at them and she goes, "Those look nice." And I was like, "What do you mean?" She goes, "They just don't look cheap and crappy like the other ones you have." And I was like, "Yes." <laughs> So there's a little give. There's a little stretch. Like the Velcro in the front's real nice. It's got those sort of sealed zipper kind of things that are going on. I don't think the pockets are, are waterproof, but mm-hmm. you know, and they're a little flexible. They're kind of the kind of it's like the the right length, you know, not too short, not too long. Yeah. Um, and they're just it's a it's a nice pair of uh, swim trunks. Uh, and uh, I was I'm just I was very happy about that. Like refreshing the the underwear drawer is just. It, there's nothing better than doing that because you're you're getting that every day. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll, I'll talk about what I got next time because they're not, they're arriving literally this afternoon. But you know, the first time when, when Mac Weldon first came on the show, it was all about underwear, and I, I got a ton of their underwear. So this time, I thought as I was doing my order, I thought, 
you know, we we talked about the pants before. They've they've added a whole new bunch of new lines of clothing. I thought, well, it's hot summertime. I need some shorts somewhere around the house that I'm not, you know, that we're always in. So I went all shorts this time, and uh-huh. so I'm very excited to try. I got all I got the swim trunk. I think the same one you got, mm-hmm. the same design, and then uh, the active the four way active short, and then the, I think the um, the other active short. I I think that's what's coming. I, I have to see what's coming. But they have a sweatpants. They have a shorts version of the of the sweatpants, mm-hmm. which we love. And I believe the other short is almost like a shorts version of the of the strata of the radius pants. But we'll yeah. see. We'll see. The swim trunks are very similar to that. Um, in its so I'm way. excited. But listen. We're almost done with this, but that's that's not all. And and this part was really cool. So they have uh, their own free loyalty program called Weld and Blue. Level one gets you free shipping for life. You can go to the website. You can check out how this stuff works. You reach level two by spending two hundred dollars total. Right. Okay. And from then on, you will start getting twenty percent off every order for the next year. So when I'm loading up the cart, I kept noticing the prices of the things go down. Like significantly with the twenty yeah. percent off, and I, and I thought, oh, this is great! I can get more than I thought I was going to be able to get, and it's it, and, it, and it continues for the next year, which is incredible. That's awesome. Uh, I had the same thing happen to me. I ordered th- enough clothing to get the discount kick in, and I was like, oh, I can get more. I can get one more thing. Yeah, that was awesome. So, yeah. I, I mean, I hope you can tell, like, not the cheapest stuff on earth. But it is it, premium. It is it's premium. It's worth it. It's not the most expensive stuff on earth either. I mean, if you go into Macy's or whatever, you're spending more, and it's not as good. Uh, uh, anyway, we really do like this stuff, so I'm always happy when they come back on. Uh, for 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com slash iFanboy and enter promo code iFanboy. Connor and I could really talk about anything that we're enthusiastic about, and it will be the same show. I'm just I'm trying to hold back, which is why I'm going to wait till next time, because otherwise yeah. we'll do 30 minutes on... Shorts and uh, it'll be no completely sincere. <laughs> Thanks, Mac Weldon. That was ex- exciting that you're back. Uh, Mac- Marvel's Axe number four. four. Uh, you got me to read this series. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you did. This was another this terrific read this week. Yeah, number four was um, this was also in the running of the top yeah, three pick yeah. of the week ones. The, it had it had a lot going for it. Um, again, I think I've said this before. Whoever Well B is. Yeah. Um, maybe the weirdest name in comics. Uh, wow, though. I mean, what what a sort of debut for me uh, to a guy who really just nailed this this the way that this could and should look. This uh, was a great looking book. This was because um, the, the thing about Welby is like I would love if Welby drew like a. I just like saying Welby. Um, yeah. Welby, because I don't even know he she who knows. Uh, I like Welby's style. I would love Welby to be on a bigger book. Although I don't know if it's a style that's mainstream enough, but it really works as this retro Marvel, but still very modern-looking comic. Yeah, it's like there's bits of um, John Paul Leone, but then bits of you know, like sort of the um, Francesca Francavilla, and then yep, sort of yep. bits of retro, like a John Romita. His Spider-Man looks like a, a John Romita Spider-Man. Yes, I uh, love I love the way Spider-Man looks in this book. Yeah, and and then it doesn't hurt that they all look like they're from 1987. No, it doesn't. It <laughs> doesn't. The, the very first page with all the Iron Men. I was like, oh, that's the stuff right there. <laughs> there's no, there's no. I don't even remember. Like, uh, what was the Warren Ellis? Uh, Extremis. That's the one. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> Hercules looks like he's supposed to look. Um, you know, like this is a lot about the nature of heroism. 
Um, and and there, you know, there's a couple of bits at the beginning where, you know, basically there's a craven, but he's a lion now, and he's all conflicted and fucked up. And and the idea is that there is a mounted Captain America head on the wall. And well, that was the cliffhanger yeah. from the last issue. Was that this kid? What's his name? Doesn't matter. It was a plot point, and you you posted on Instagram. Yep. Um, he's he's uh, David. David is not mutated. This is after the mutation mm-hmm. happens that leads to Earth X, which happened so many years ago. Um, and he's come to New York to find heroes to save you know to save the day. He wants to find Captain America. Captain America is the one who will save him. And then he gets to the end of the last issue, and Craven the Hunter captures him, and we see a mounted head on his wall that is Captain America, and that was the big cliffhanger. Yeah, and uh, that's not exactly what happened in terms of no. not all what it, what, it, what, it, what it seems is not all what's yeah. happening. Um, and uh, the last thing I'm going to point out is that they are all in their costumes from that era, except Hawkeye has four arms. <laughs> it's the weirdest <laughs> thing. <laughs> He's mutated. Yep. Also, there's one other bit. I know this is this is the quick one, but um, the the trap mm-hmm. that uh, Craven sets for Spider-Man is I was like I've never seen that before. That's new. Yeah. And it was like, it was a little like reading an old comic book where, you know, you'd put Batman in the trap and use the reader, even if you guys, if you were a little kid, would just go, ugh. But with this, I was like, I don't know how he's getting out of that. <laughs> yeah, I, I was, I was really impressed by that concept. I said, that's new. And uh, none of the other heroes seemed to be in here to get him out of it. No. There was, there was a long conversation with him, like, in this really painful trap. Yep. I was like, can't somebody cut him out? <laughs> and then I, I, and then I was I was spending time thinking, like, who is going to get him out? How do you do that? And then and then Hercules did it. And I went, well, that makes sense. Can't, can't cut him. Anyway, read that. It was good. One of the things about there being like a four-month or three-month break of comics coming out was I feel like I'm constantly coming out of a coma. So like Doctor Strange number five comes out, and I was like, have I been reading this? And if I I've have, what has, been going, what has been going on? Like I, I just, just, the, just even the idea of have I been following this book before? I think I had. And I, by the time I, I realized I had, but I, I wasn't quite sure even. There's That's books I was, that I stopped reading, and then I didn't remember if I had stopped reading them or vice versa. But I liked this. This was also this, good. This has been the Surgeon Supreme storyline um, has been really fun. And I keep finding myself wondering if, like, I'm like, is this Doctor Strange? Or is this just, like, a mutated Tony Stark who is now Doctor Strange? And well, I they've, been, they've been doing that for a while. Yeah, but, I, but the thing is, like, I don't, I don't know if it matters. Um, yeah. because the character as he exists now, and I don't, you know, I know about the old kid, but I never had a, a ton of affection for him. So I'm having fun with these. Uh, Kev Walker, terrific, is so fantastic. He really is one of those artists that whenever he's on a book, I get really excited about it. I will read whatever he draws, or at least look at the drawings of whatever he draws. Um, and like Humberto Ramos, he's terrific for this kind of. He draws great demons and creatures, and I think that the thing about Doctor Strange. This the the whatever this current iteration of it is, uh, is that he is right up against it all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, he's decided that he wants to be a surgeon, but he doesn't have time for the thing, and he's always late for it. And it, this, now that I'm describing it, it sounds terrible. But there's like a constant sense of like I gotta go do this, and anxiety that you're getting behind, and the thing you're doing is really hard. But you're not really worried he's not gonna do it. Like there's totally real danger. He's like, all right, all right, whatever, we'll just fix this problem. We gotta move on to the next thing. And I can relate to that a lot. <laughs> um it's, it's a great book. It really I look I get Doctor Strange down, I look forward to it, and that that's that's pretty cool. Yep. So I almost read Money Shot number six, but I didn't. So Vault Comics. So you can tell it's me. It's possible that we felt a little guilty. 
<laughs> so I looked at sort of the uh, releases from Vault Comics this week, and I saw that there was this book, Money Shot Number Six, um, written by Tim Seeley and Sarah Beatty, uh, Beatty, uh, drawn by Rebecca probably. Isaacs. So those are all names that I know. <laughs> Colored by this is my favorite, Kurt Michael Russell. And I thought I know why you did that. First <laughs> letters by Crank. Um, and it were I and I, I saw in the solicitation it said this is a good jumping on point. So okay, I will I will now give this a shot. But based on the um, description, it's not something I would have read. I'm, I'm, ta- I'm and that's a partially why I read the description, and then I I flipped through it digitally, you know, like because there's no actual book to flip through. Right. I, I scrolled through the pages and I thought, well, the art looks good, but yeah, I think I know what this is, and I don't know that I'm all that interested in it. So there was a very helpful um, and very clear uh, um, page at the beginning explaining where we were. I thought that was very helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a really good book for what it was, which is to say it is like sex criminals with sci-fi. Right. Um, and I know that that I, I keep going back to that book and, and hoping that it's going to hook me because there's things I really like about it, not just tits. But, mm-hmm. you know, just something about it that I, I don't quite relate to. And I think that's how I felt about this book. I, I thought it was really well done. I think the characters are, are drawn out really well. But... The sort of like crazy sex. I sound like I sound like such a <laughs> what, so tell everyone. Tell everyone what the okay premise of the book is. In the future, near future, um, ten ten fifteen years from now, uh, there is there's an, the government is run by an uh, anti science administration, so the, all the funding for science has uh, has dried up, um, and so this woman uh, figured out a way to travel between alien worlds. And the way that she funds it is they fuck all the aliens and then stream it back to Earth. And people pay for their uh, memberships to the porn sites where they mm-hmm. fucking aliens. Uh, and that funds their research. And so there's all the, 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 the sort of conflict going on is that now all the science team are all wrapped up with each other because of the fucking. Right, and then Good also position. there's a threat of uh, that we found in this one of uh, alien STIs, and that's kind of scary. And the woman, I, there was some real. You read, STDs? you read it, right? STI, well, S- sexually transmitted infection, STD. Oh, okay, doesn't okay. matter. Uh, uh, and uh, I think we used to say STD, and now they say STI. And at some point, I, I picked up actual new language. Is that true? Uh, I mean, if I could listen to like Dan Savage say STI, Uh-oh. and I think they said it in this. Anyway. There was some really nice characterization that went on at the end of this, hmm. um, where the one guy used to date the girl, and then another girl was interested in the other girl, and she sort of tried to talk to the guy about it, and he got pissed off, and then he felt better about it, and then warned the, warned the, the girl who, the suitor, he's like, yeah, she does have this thing that she does, which is the thing that's been playing out for the entire issue, and I thought that was really nice. Tim Seeley, you know, is a great writer. He really, he's got a handle on things. The things that he writes about are not usually my favorite things, but right. if that if that tracks. So the question is, are you going to read more of this? I don't know. Hmm. You know, like there's a lot of things that are really good that I'm not into. Um, it's maybe. I mean, I, I what I can see happening is what I'll tell you is that I will read the next few issues and then I'll go. All right, that's good. You know, <laughs> it, it's not it's not like I hate this is terrible. It's just. You know, it's not my favorite restaurant. What do you want? Superman 23, Bendis and Kevin McGuire and John Timms. John Timms writing the sort of B story or drawing the B story of this. 
Um, I know you have some issues. I just want to say a couple of things about it. One, I love Dr. Fate, even though he's wearing weird bell bottoms now. Um, and I liked the idea of Superman sort of having a therapy session. I loved that. Where Dr. Fate's like, so you did this crazy thing. Why did you do that? And really sort of drilling down the idea that he's sort of traumatized by the fact that his son went off and grew up and he missed that. And now his son is living in the future and he doesn't get to see him and he doesn't really get to raise his son. His son sort of warps speed from kid to adult. And it was a really nice conversation and you're like, yeah, he kind of is. He kind of is in a bad place emotionally right now. I love that. And maybe, maybe not the best time to be making giant universe-shaking decisions. And at one point Zatanna shows up. She's like, I could reverse this. And I was like, do it. Yeah. But she didn't do it. Um, I thought she said I couldn't reverse this. That makes no. More she sense said I could change this for you if you want. Oh man, that would be good. So that was good. Now Kevin McGuire is one of my all-time favorite artists. I still think that when they color him in the modern style, and Alex Sinclair is the colors, and he's a good colors. But I feel like it makes everyone look waxy. Yeah, I can see that. And I don't know why. But the acting. It's much better than it used to be when he had his personal colors, so it yeah. was not actually professional colors. But this is better. But still, I feel like still at times it makes everyone look a little waxy. But I still, but he still, he still got it. But the acting that he did with yeah. with Superman's face and his body language during that conversation was really great. Uh, yeah. It really sort of communicated exactly what the words were saying. I don't know what the deal is with this new Doctor Fate. I, there's always sort of a new version. He came up in a miniseries that was really good a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're they're constantly changing who's under the, under yeah, the helmet. That's, so right that's now it's this new kid and much wiser beyond his years. Yeah, and I'm fine with it. Oh, like, I'm sorry. She said she can't reverse right. it. Right. Yeah. No. That was. Yeah. Exactly. That's right. Sorry. I think in my head I was like I read it because uh, I really want her to do it, so I read it. Yeah. Wrong. I was just, so I was it, this is a longer conversation than we have time for. Yeah. I think this at least shed a light on how ridiculous the the coming out is. And if it was done, ugh, I mean, like, I get that as a normal person if it's done as sort of a reaction. Like, I have to, I do this all the time myself. Like, I have to say things. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm hiding things and I don't feel like myself. But there are, rec- there are repercussions for this. And the repercussions for him are gigantic. And right. I like the idea that we, like, I don't. Super. It makes sense that they've turned a lot of these characters in these comic books into celebrities, in the in the way that we understand celebrity now in our world. And I don't want mm-hmm. that to be the book about how Superman is a celebrity and has to deal with it. But you're going to have to. Yeah, I don't. I don't like doing away with secret identities. I think they're an integral part of of these worlds and are important. It, there's a there's a point this week in Batman where, you know, the idea is that the Joker knows who everyone is. Fine, mm-hmm. but then he's like calling him Bruce in front of all of his is minions and henchmen. And I was like, so now everyone knows like it's, yeah. it's, it's a major, I think important part of these characters and to do away with it, I think is short sighted. Well, I think but. that the strength of it is, and now, now I, I think I understand this the way they did when I was a kid. The strength of the secret identity is that you get to see them as people. Right. And as, as regular people, and not Bruce is rich or whatever, but like he still has a, you know, but Clark Kent, so he, you, yeah. you get to watch him as a, as a John Q public. And I think that that is important because otherwise they are just these huge beings, you know, yeah. and they have no other side. Um, so that's that's a that's a problem. Um, I did want to mention one. I'm sorry. One more thing. Uh, and I, I told you guys this is that uh, 
a long time ago, you may remember, that when uh, Bendis first started writing The Avengers and bringing Wolverine in, he couldn't write Wolverine. Like, yeah. he couldn't do it. It didn't sound like him. It it was like he was kind of southern, kind of. I was like, this isn't him at all. And in the and his new Wolverine is John Constantine. He cannot write this character at all. I don't know who this dude is. I don't know why he's talking like this. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's a great book. Stop writing John Constantine, Brian Bendis. You are well, maybe eventually he'll he'll find his way to him. But yeah, he did. Not. I guess he did for Wolverine, but but he's not there yet. So those are the books we wanted to talk about, but we have the patron pick of patreon.com slash ifanboy. Every patron can vote to add the book to the rundown. This week it was no clear consensus week, so a lot of votes spread up from a lot of books, and the winner ended up being Empire Number Zero colon Fantastic Four, uh, written by Dan Slott with art by R.B. Silva and Sean Zaski. Zaxi? Yeah. Colors by Marte Garcia and Mar- Marcio Minez and letters by Joe Caramagna. This is the counterpoint to the Empire number zero colon Avengers book we talked about a couple of weeks ago. And if you recall, in that book, the, the Avengers found out that there was a, the Kree and the Skrull had teamed up for the first time ever t- to take over the, the universe. And they were invading Earth. There was an armada coming. And we, we zoomed in on that armada and we saw a ship that was being piloted by the Fantastic Four. We thought, oh, God, why is the Fantastic Four on their side? And so, theoretically, this issue is going to tell us that it was all just a coincidence. Yeah. Uh, I read the the Avengers one <laughs> because you had recommended it to me. Mm-hmm. And so I was planning on reading yeah. this one anyway. Um, I thought it was yeah. a really fun Fantastic Four story. I was really, uh, just going back, I, I liked I the other it. story. I thought, um, just because you mm-hmm. mentioned it last time, you were right. Like, it was like, oh, this is, a, this is a good big Avengers cosmic story like in the old days. And, and I don't want that to always be the qualification for why I like something. Um, but sometimes that's why I like Avengers. <laughs> um, but, you know, as a setup, uh, I think that uh, this story was fun. They, they ran out of fuel. <laughs> I love that. Uh, they, they get picked up <laughs> as hitchhikers and they get brought to uh, a casino planet. And uh, it's just like The Last Jedi. Um, and, yeah. you know, and the kids are precocious. And, and I love that, you know... Franklin and and Valeria really are like she's an omega level genius uh and he is all powerful but he can't really use his, his powers but he's super smug about it and she just she has the intelligence but it, she doesn't have the wisdom um right and the world like she thinks she knows everything but the world is is still a lot smarter than her in general um and then there, you've got this uh uh there's a fight going on and they realize that like oh this is not this is not kosher. They're they're putting people in danger and their kids and whatever, and so you know. Well, the, the Kree scroll the Kree scroll tie in is right. that the, there's like a battle arena on this planet, and they they constantly pit a Kree against a scroll, and it turns out that their kids because we can't see them at first. They're wearing like battle battle armor, and they get r- repaired by by drones before they can die. So they they fight over and over and over and over again. And then we, it's revealed that they're they're a Kree Kree, Kree Kree kid and a scroll kid, and so the Fantastic Four decide they're going to rescue them and. And, you know, like Ben, ben Grimm stands on his moral high perch and then Johnny Storm's like, all right, I'm with you. And, you know, they jump into this fray of, uh, against horrible odds and it's the, um, uh, <laughs> say Jeff Goldblum's sister, but um, I can't think of the name of the character uh, who's in charge of this whole thing. She's the profiteer. Oh, right, yeah. Um, the, the cl- not the collector, Games Master? The Games Master. Is that who he is? Grand, yeah. Grandmaster. 
Grandmaster. Grandmaster. Uh, you know, and then at the end of the issue, uh, they've picked up the two kids as their new passengers, and, and that's interesting because the kids are a lot like Damien was actually, just sort of born and bred to be above their, you know, above their age, and and you know they've been fighting each other for a long time, and and they're they're sort of surly, and and that'll mm-hmm. be fun. Uh, and then they end up, yeah, they at, at in this armada, but not really part of it. They're actually being chased. Uh, like well, they, they 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 like warped into oh yeah that's warped right. away warped away from where they were to home and so they they pop up right. outside of Earth it just so happens there happens to be an invasion armada there so they were sort of there by coincidence they were not part of the invasion kind of a little bit of a let down on that last uh, but it is what it is but good Fantastic Four issue yeah no I thought so and I thought the art was real good the R B Silva's yeah thing especially i liked a lot and it was um, it's funny i've said before that i don't notice covers a lot and i don't think this was a particularly great cover but i did notice that it was jim chung art and it like so that alone made it really beautiful uh i don't like he did the, the other cover too yeah yeah i don't i don't like I, I don't like the logo for empire it's too small it's weird it doesn't right. anyway that, that that's neither here nor there it's a fun issue this I'll, I'll i'll stick with this little this little event depending on how far out it goes yeah, I mean, there's there's like a million and a half tie-in books, so we're not. I'm not going to read those, no. but it's promising as, as an idea. Yeah. So I'm I'm looking forward to Empire. So let's do ratings. Ratings. Empire number zero colon Fantastic Four out of five. I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it a four. It was a nice solid superhero comic. I'm going to give it three point seven five. Okay. That if that's all right. That's fine. Okay. I understand. The, yeah, the, the, the checklist in the back is is. It's not the worst I've ever seen, but it's not it's not too good. No. Sticking with it, well, this is a special, but I'll stick with the story. Yeah, so me there too. You go. Me so too. that's the patron pick, and we wanted to thank our patrons over at Patreon.com. We'll give it the five dollar higher level. patreoncom fanboy, I should say. Um, the five dollar higher level gets you on dumb superpower live on the show, and uh, let's kick it off. Cassie Dalzell of Belfast mm-hmm. has the power of uh, being pleasant smelling to whoever she runs into. Damn it! Really? This is very very similar to what I'm doing. I think you got to go with I'm it. Gonna, you have to go with it. it. We anyway. don't plan yeah. this. No. Uh, you know, th- there will be no. Hey, I've been sitting around all day. And, what is that? Oh, that's me. None of that. <laughs> and then also, like some people really like the smell of patchouli. They're crazy, but that's what <laughs> she smells like to those people. But to others, so she she smells like whatever other people like to smell. Yeah, like the, the, well, the, you know, like you'll smell someone. <laughs> that sounds weird. But, you know, someone will have a pleasant like that's a. That's a nice smelling young man or, or, or woman. And, and, and she will, she will uh, be that to those people. It's a, it's a pheromone thing, we're going to say. So like baked cookies or? No, no, like human Cut smell. grass. Unless, unless that's what that people like people to smell like. like. It's okay. not just, it's not a Yankee candle. I see. <laughs> it's not pine, like forest it's, pine. It's 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 a fairly innocuous thing. It's you know like it wouldn't be weird, like that's a that's a lovely perfume, or musk, or you know whatever it is that people like people to smell like. That's what she smells like to those people. Okay. Um, Mario Miranda, Mario Miranda, Lynn Mario uh, Miranda, we, Lynn Mario Miranda <laughs> <laughs> is uh, all. He's always like he just showered. Wow. So. Doesn't doesn't get dirty, doesn't smell, you know, can sleep for twelve hours, wake up, and it's like, and just feels always is freshly showered. Huh. 
You know what the yeah. you know what the problem I'm having right now is at this time of year? Is the immediate post shower sweat. Yeah. Yeah. So what I've learned to do, it took me way too long, is to slowly turn the temperature of the water down over the course of the shower. Yeah. There's also the um post shower moisturizing which combining with the the moisture in oh. your skin from the shower, suddenly your head's covered in water. Yeah, it doesn't work. Yeah. Sweat the moisturizer yeah. off immediately. Yeah. It's a tough time, but 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 Mario always freshly shower so even after working out. Physiologically, is to it's not just it's not an odor, it's 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 just a physical it's it's, it's clean. It's now always yeah. Peak cleanliness. Now I know this isn't really an issue for you, but there is a hair issue there. Cause you don't want your hair right after you get out of the shower, usually too wet. Right. So. No, it's it's not like you're he's not wet like he's right. out of the shower, but it's just oh. it's like the the result of after you've no, got he's, he's not walking around constantly <laughs> moist. <He's, laughs> it's just the peak cleansing cleanliness aspect of it. I mean that would be terrible. Okay. Yeah, no, it That'd would be a curse. It would, because yeah, the hair product does not work. I mean I like point. being you know, for the fresh shower, like, but yeah. like, you don't want to be constantly. So it's sort of you've gotten, you've moved along, you've maybe you've gotten dressed, you're 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 dry, yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. you are as clean as can be. Yes, that's nice. So what if he's like outside, like you know, gardening, get some dirt on him? Just it doesn't matter. So he always looks unnaturally clean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a little weird, but okay, fair enough. So there you go, patreoncom fanboy. Give the five dollar higher level. You can show Supercar live on the show, and that's where you can go help support the show. We have our various stretch goals. Uh, we hit our last one, which was what? I mean, all oh, the, the media explode. The media explode show. <laughs> I've already forgotten. Our next one is the GI Joe show, in which we'll take a look at each episode of the GI Joe Real American Hero. After that, is bringing back the quarterly barbecue show. So there's all kinds of things happening. Patreon. Dot com slash fanboy. There's a Discord only, a uh, patron only Discord channel. There's a Facebook group. Um, we have our hangouts. We have um, discussion. It's it's a fun place to be. It helps keep the show going. Helps us pay the bills, and it's 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 really the best way to help the show. If you want to support us, t-shirt store. Fanboy dot threadless. dot com. Those we have our eight shirts, including our Stay Home and Read comic shirts. We we did our our first big donation to the Comic Book United Fund last week, and going forward, we'll still be donating money. Uh, from that design to uh, that that fund to help comic stores in need during this time, and uh, we all, we have tons of product there. You can check it out at fanboy.thrillist.com, fanboy.com/support. That's the PayPal. That's the eccentric billionaires, or really anyone. Anyone's welcome to donate a dollar, two dollars, twenty-five million dollars, really whatever you feel like donating. And uh, finally, fanboy.com/amazon. That's uh, where you can find our books, blood books, and a general link. And that's all the ways people help support the show. Would you think everyone who does so? Awesome. Uh, we have. A voicemail. All right. We have an, uh, an audio voicemail. So let's see what Sean from New York has to say. Hey, I fanboy. This is Sean calling from New York City, the COVID capital of the world. Uh, I am calling because of the world we live in and what it's reminding me of. I feel like we have a perfect storm brewing of mask wearing culture from the virus. Uh, recognition that we live in a police state uh, with mass surveillance and that's how it might be best to keep one's identity hidden. And then like the overall kind of concept of um, identity fluidity. Uh, I think The Private Eye by Brian K. Vaughn is the book of our time. Uh, please discuss. Agree or disagree? <laughs> so you've mentioned this before. You, yeah. you, you reference this book an awful lot. 
Oh yeah, it's a great book, and it, it it was really sort of pressing in a lot of ways. I just bought it for someone who didn't hadn't read it. Like it's still, it's he's not wrong. It's very much, yeah. Well, the first time we wa- we went out to the grocery store, you know, during the pandemic, and everyone's wearing various cobbled together homemade masks before masks became a widely available thing to buy. You know, handkerchiefs and um, shirts and all kinds of things. It was. It, it felt, and we all we all treated like it was normal, like we weren't in this weird position where everyone was covering their face. It felt very much like the private eye, which is a world mm-hmm. in which there's no privacy anymore because the the cloud broke open and everyone's secrets spilled out. And so, wearing a mask in public, sort of hiding your face, has become the thing to you know the societal thing to do. And that felt that's what it felt like going to the grocery store during the pandemic, or which we're still in the middle of. So yeah, the, I think he's totally right about that. It, it's really interesting how quickly it went from this is odd to this is normal you know like when when it when it started i was probably an early adopter of the mask Mm -hmm. uh, because i read um and uh yeah that's right that was a dig so (laughs) suck it um you know and 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 so at first it feels very strange because there's all these other people not doing it and you think am am i am i crazy am i am i the outlier here no, I'm going to stick with it. And now it's the opposite. You know, when you see somebody not participating, like, what's wrong with that person? Um, but, it, but it's normalized. I mean, now you get, like, I get Instagram ads for, for various kinds of masks all the time. It's just one more consumer product. And, and that's sort of what's in this book. Like, people are using their masks as their way. They don't have their, you know, their face or their glasses to do it in the same way. So they use the masks. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a... It's kind of scary, but it's kind of cool. I don't I know if that... Fanboy.thirdless.com for your masks. There you go. Um, yeah, no, I remember the first time going to a bank, uh, and I had like a, I literally had like a handkerchief on like a bandit, and I, was, I thought, isn't this weird? <laughs> like, if I worked in a bank, would I be constantly on edge? Because everyone in the bank has got their face covered? I went in a store the other day, and I don't remember what it was, but it said, like, there was a sign. It was the first time I'd seen it, like... No hat, no sunglasses. Mm-hmm. So, like, you couldn't... Because I've gone to the place... The mask didn't get me so much, but I have gone to the place wearing a hat and sunglasses just because I had yeah. them on, and I thought, yeah. I could get away with anything right now. But I got to say, I love having my anonymity in public. <laughs> and I, I don't mean that, like, in the, the way that, well, like... because people are constantly stopping you for autographs. Well, no, in the past, <laughs> like, in, like, New York City, I think that there yeah. was... I was always on alert that... Not a lot of people, but there would be like one guy out of five thousand who'd be like, "Hey, you know," and it wasn't bad, but it just made me self conscious. But but not only that, like I just like being a dude out in the world. I don't I don't you know like people like have to go to their neighborhood place and like have people mm-hmm. recognize them. I hate when that happens. I just want to be a so now I'm kind of anonymous in a way like all the people in the book are trying to be, and I like that. But he's he's not wrong. I mean, I think Brian K. Vaughn really saw things and this this book came out i don't know was it 10 not 10 years was it 10 years ago uh, let me look at the date while you keep talking but he re- he really it was probably less than 10 years ago but he he really saw you know the way things were going with the internet with social media with there being no privacy everyone's life on display and um you know t- taking that to the nth degree of what happens if if everyone finds out everyone else's secrets and you know it's it's a very interesting you know, it's sci-fi at its best, and it looks at the world and oh, yeah. extrapolates out. And the uh, it was... the book says first printing in, in 2015. That's the trade, so it might have been 2013 or 14 when the yeah, the, so about seven years ago. Yeah, I mean, listen, the last 
five to seven years have gone by awful fast. It's pretty easy to lose track of all that that has happened in there. Um, yeah, I mean, it is it is a really prescient bit of uh, of sort of future sci-fi writing. Same, I mean, it's a little more extreme in Why the Last Man, but it was still that sort of same thinking. And in the the uh, Ex Machina, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that's his thing. I wish he'd do All more right. things that I want to read. But Sean from New York, thanks for for sending in your voicemail. He sent it to contact.ifanboy.com. Just send it as an audio file, which you can do. You can totally do it in addition to your emails. You can send us in a voicemail like that, a an audio mail. And thanks to anyone who writes in. We, we keep trying to do more of your emails, but we, we babble on about books too long. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about other shows we've got coming up. We're out right now. We have our Booksplode show, which the patrons unlocked, and our Jack Kirby's New Gods discussion. And next week, next month, August Booksplode book is Pluto, Volume 1. And we have our Mediasplode show, which is out. Our last Mediasplode was focusing on that, that Thing You Do, the Tom Hanks film. And that comes out monthly. This month's Mediasplode show will be coming some point soon. We're, about, we're basically halfway through the month, so we got to figure that out soon. Do we tell them the next film we're focusing on? I don't remember what it is, but before we do that, I'm, I have to do... I'm sorry. Yeah. We talk a lot about Tom Hanks. We talk about him as the GDAT status. Yeah. You need to listen to him on the Conan Needs a Friend podcast. Yeah. If, if you relate to what we're saying about Tom Hanks, I'm not saying I was on the fence about him, but after I finished that, I go, he really is the best guy. <laughs> He's the best guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Conan O'Brien needs a friend. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is doing a uh, media a blitz right now. He's on all kinds of shows and things because he's got a film out on Apple TV+. Plus. On, you showed me, and I, I saw it on my feed this morning, he's on Hardcore History. Addendum. Yeah. That's not even their main feed. <laughs> so, I'm so uh, happy that he knows what Hardcore History is. Well, or, or, or at least a, uh, a, a publicist does. But uh, you, um, you know what? I haven't listened yet, but I bet he knows what it is based on him talking. Anyway. So anyway, you can check out that thing you do. We Let's have our, talk about Tom Hanks more. <laughs> our next film we have picked out is not a Tom Hanks film. Yeah, it's good. Um, which uh, oh, we'll I remember about. what it is now. Should we tell them? Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, the next so the next episode we're going to obviously do what we do to talk about the street, what we've been watching on streaming. There's a bunch of things that happened. We may maybe we'll talk about Hamilton. I'm not sure yet. But we're what our main focus is going to be on the nineteen uh, something, eighty something, I think eighty seven. Martin no. Brest directed. Martin Brest directed a buddy comedy action film classic, Midnight Run, starring Robert De Niro and Charles Grodin. Charles Grodin, the unsung hero of that era. And, uh, <laughs> I can't wait to talk about this movie. It's one of my all-time favorite films. Yeah, yeah it'll be and, good. And uh, one, of us, one, of the, one of us has never seen it, so it's going to be a first-time viewing for one of us. So Mediasplode number four will be Midnight Run, which you can stream somewhere, it's, I think. I just watched, I think it's on Netflix. I think you can, you can rent it. I don't that know. We'll, we'll 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 give you more information next month, next week, because it's not going to come up before that. And uh, so that's what we have coming out right now and coming up very very soon. But Josh, you have a show. Yeah, I, I owe you a Toxplode in July, and uh, I have it booked. It's a guest that I've never had on the show, but it's someone whose name will be very familiar to the people who listen to the show. Um, so I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, I have to wait for is it Tom new- Hanks. <laughs> it is. He's coming on our show. Wouldn't that be great? You get that email. Like, he's actually a huge fan of the show. <laughs> really? Um, <laughs> um, oh. <laughs> Would that be better or worse than interviewing Alan Moore? Better. Scarier? Because at, at the no, because at the end of it, he would act like he wanted to be your friend, and even if he didn't mean it, he'd be like, "We should get together for coffee sometime after this is over." And you'd be like, "Okay," um, <laughs> which is basically what happened to us with Jeff Johns, and it was great. Um, <laughs> it's a long time ago. Um, anyway, a, a book has to come out 
once that book comes out, I will record the show and then I okay. will give it to you. It'll be probably closer to the end of the month. That's um, fine. But it'll it'll be it'll be worth it, I'm sure. And uh, that is that is the show. You can head over to ifanboy.com. You can find all of our podcasts. You can find out what the pick of the week is before it, this show comes out. And make sure that you are prepared to not be spoiled uh, by liking facebook.com slash ifanboy or following at ifanboy on Twitter. And, of course, at ifanboycomics on Instagram, where we're also doing the best of the week in panels. I did some this week. I, I saw that. I was very surprised. I have some more. I was, I've, I've worked out a system when I can do it. Um, <laughs> You can follow us individually, uh, CSK Patrick on Instagram and Jay Flanagan on Instagram. Um, I'm on Facebook, but I don't, I'm not taking friends that I don't know, so don't worry about that. Um, you can subscribe to our YouTube page over at youtube.com slash iFanboy. Like and subscribe down here in the corner and you make sure you tell people. Sorry. <laughs> I hate YouTubers so much. So much. My children really like them. Uh, this past week, there was a mini about the best covers of the previous week. That so. was last week, Josh. Oh, I didn't. I didn't update this. <laughs> so uh, I don't want to get. I don't want to get. In, well, we have to do this every week, so it's yeah. fine. It, I was just doing it so people could get an idea of what's out there. I mean, the the big one from this last week was we did that relationship and comics show. We oh, had cool. Our our wives. Oh. Current, our, at that time, wives and girlfriends just, on with us to answer emails about relationships and comics. Just we saying. All only one of us is anyway. <laughs> Still with that person. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do we have coming up? Josh just did a mini about comic series that were missing in action. That's I thought coming you up. weren't going to do this. I know, but I, now I open the page, so right. that's fine. That's fine. Our, our one and only Heroes Con show is coming up. Oh, that was great. 2007. That was such a good weekend. We even filmed the part where we got barbecue. Oh man, <laughs> I have I have such a good memory of that time. It was a great. It was yeah. that was a great show. That was the. So, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah, that was a fun fun weekend. So that that's coming up on YouTube. YouTube.com slash iFanboy. Subscribe. And you'll get you all of our shows. You interviewed Rick Remender, and he goes, <laughs> "I am also an artist." Oh yeah, no shit. Really. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. We didn't know anything back then. I know. That was fun. Um, where were we? Reviews. Anyway, oh yes. So if you like the show, uh, please subscribe. You'll get th- there's going to be content coming out regularly for like the next two years on that on that YouTube page. So you're going to tons of old content if you've never seen it before. Uh, if you like the show, please leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts: Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Is that still a thing? Or I think yeah, no, totally. Wherever people listen to shows, you can rate and review them. Please do that helps people find podcasts. It helps the algorithm, you know, make it discoverable. It's an easy way to help the show. You don't have to write a full review. You can just leave a star rating if that's a possibility, too. So thanks to all who do that. And even better than that is word of mouth. Tell your friends about podcasts. People still constantly are asking on social media what podcasts are good, and people are constantly listing us among other shows. We do appreciate that. Thank you. We try to be entertaining at the very at the very least. That's our, our goal. Is to be I, I, don't even, I don't even go with that. We try to have fun. Yeah. And then hopefully that makes you have fun also and that's that's the, sh- the shows i like best do that so exactly so there you go so that's this week's show and that was fun that it was, was. Fun. good week of comics oh, it was really nice really to just good. read some stuff yeah. that that really that really gets you excited exactly so until next week i am connor i'm josh stay safe wash your hands wear your masks care about and take care of other people uh and they will take care of you back the other way i think there's something vital about that i'm not really sure bye Let's dance.